time with Melanie Bolick. Today's guests are Cece and Aaron, who are the winemakers at the Cellar Door. Welcome. No, th yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming. And so um, you guys, I, this is how I know about you guys uh, through Instagram. So <laughs> that's how I found you. What's your Instagram handle again? Uh, Winos and Connoisseurs. There you go. Fantastic. About a year ago. So it's great. Right. The fun, the behind the scenes stuff. I think it's fantastic. And so, um, so you guys are the winemakers at the cellar door, correct? Yep. We, yeah. Winery. And the winery, is it in Lincolnville or? It's, it's in Lincolnville. It's in yeah. Lincolnville. Okay. And and what kind of um, grapes are you growing up? It's Lincolnville, Maine, for anybody who's not in Maine. Uh, what kind of grapes are you growing up there? Uh, so we're growing uh, Marquette, uh, Frontenac, Green Blanc, and uh, Lockety Blanc. So it's hybrids. Um, they're, they're Minnesota hybrids, so not yeah. or hybrids, not because like I I did a video with Brian from um, Oyster River Wine Growers, and he had hybrids, but then he had these French American hybrids too. Yeah, so we work with um, three of the University of Minnesota hybrids, um, right. which have been developed um, crossbreeding American varieties with um, vinifera. So yeah. like Marquette is 60% of its parentage is Pinot Noir. Front so neck. What they yeah. do is they crossbreed um, uh, the vinifera for the flavor profiles, but the American uh, varieties for the disease resistance and cold hardiness, which is That's really it. So it can withstand the frost. Yeah. Unlike yeah. regular grapes that we would grow like in California, per se, just for layman's terms, for people who don't understand. Um, oh, I yeah. do believe that there's some people up your way who are actually growing Pinot Noir and Chardonnay experimentally. I, I think so. I think so. I'm not yeah. sure where they're going with that, but um, the freeze last winter might have right. those off a little bit. But Maybe. I don't know. I got to check back with Brian. He's the one who told me about it. So I think right. what they were doing, which is quite interesting, is they were putting um, bricks around the stock to maybe insulate the, the I don't know if it, it worked or not. I don't know, but it was, you know, a couple of years ago that he had, they were still growing. So I don't, I'm not too sure. We have to check back with him. And so yeah. tell me about you guys. You guys are, are you from Maine? Uh, we're from Maine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And where grew are you up, from? I uh, grew up in the Bangor area. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we met in college many, many moons ago. Um, I was going to be an archeologist. He was going to be a writer. I love it. Uh, we graduated and we're like, um, what should yeah. we do? Yeah. <laughs> We, after lots of home fermenting and, and whatnot, decided to just go out west and study winemaking. And uh, I mean, Aaron will tell you it was all magic, the magic of fermentation. Right, right. I like magic. Magic works for me. Uh, because I think it's alchemy, really. You know, exactly. it's all alchemy. So, um, so where did you study? Uh, at the program in Walla Walla, Washington. Nice. Center for Technology and Viticulture in Walla Walla. Yeah. And you both studied. We did. He got the full degree. I left after a semester and worked in a winery and waited tables to pay off the student loans from the first degree. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> Sometimes hands-on experience. I went to school, this is very funny, many years ago, I went to Northeastern for international business. And I said, you know what? I don't want to study business in a classroom. I want to learn it hands-on. And all these years later and another degree, I, I ended up getting a political science degree, working on political campaigns. I went to DC. I decided I don't want to be a lawyer. I was like, forget that. And then I end up working in the wine business, which is international business. <laughs> in one big circle. Full circle. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I ended up doing exactly what I originally intended to study. So it's so funny. 
Um, so you have been with the Celador for how long? Uh, yeah, a little years. over 15 years, yeah. Oh, wow. So how the, the vines themselves that are planted there, how old are they? So we, um, when we started working here, the, the, uh, the owner, Bettina, bought this, um, and it was an existing vineyard and winery. So we have, in the past 15 years, completely replanted the entire vineyard with okay. these hybrids. Yeah. So I would say our oldest vines are 15 years old now. Okay. Um, our That's youngest when was the lock or the front stacks are the youngest that front block so yeah i think like 2017 is the who did she buy the winery from who was the, the person who owned the original winery uh the club uh john and stephanie clap for the back in the 90s they sold it to patina in 2007 when they were retiring sure 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 yeah i moved back here in 2008 and i worked at grace which is a church that was converted into a wedding venue and it, it uh, cellar door had just opened. So they had done an opening party that I worked at, actually, funny enough. Okay. I don't think I've ever met Bettina, though. I think I know people, though, from that area, if that makes sense. And once upon a time, I did get up there. I did make a trip one day, but I went to Savage Oaks mm -hmm. uh, okay. very briefly. And then we went to the place that makes the cranberry gin, uh, Sweetgrass. It's up yeah. on the mountain. Yeah. yeah, we went up there. Uh, but I don't think, and I'm trying to think of when that trip was. It was probably shortly, maybe it was before the cellar door actually even started. It was a while back. So you guys are part of the main wine trails. That's correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Because they, there's main wine trails and there's a bunch of wineries through Maine. And so if anybody wanted to go visit main wineries, they could go into the main wine trails. Um, you have a tasting room in Lincolnville, I presume. Yep. We have a tasting room at the winery itself. Um, and we do tours and events and all that fun stuff and then we also have a tasting room right in portland on middle street which is yep, really on, cute um, on middle so. street now is there still one at thompson's point or no no that closed during covid it was a big yep. more event um space right. and that was closed for a couple years and then finally we reopened two years ago now and i like um, the i like the location on middle street those buildings are really so beautiful. nice i love it i haven't been in there yet but i i've been it's on my list i keep walking by and going i have to go in there I just had an operation, so I can't drink for a while. But when I can, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, are you growing just, like, are you producing just wine from the hybrids? No, no. So from okay. our grapes, we make uh, traditional method sparkling wines. Mm -hmm. And so we do um, traditional method sparkling wines, late harvest. We do a Vindu natural, which is a Southern French version of port. Um, you take mm -hmm. the grapes, ferment them on the skins for three days, then stop it with brandy. Um, right. Then we ship in, we've been partners with these wonderful vineyards in Washington, California, upstate New York for, you know, 15 years now. And so we have some really great um, vineyard partners out there, mostly Washington, since that's where we studied. Uh, but we do source a little bit from California. And, and they're selling you grapes or juice? Uh, great. Well, the, the reds come um, hand-picked in half-ton boxes. The, mm -hmm. the whites, we have to have them press it right on site. Sure. And then they'll ship us the juice because they okay. just don't make the trip. And what kind of wine are you making from the, the product that you're getting from out of state? Uh, everything. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> we call it our yeah. varietals. We've yeah. made a Toraldigo. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. A white Pinot. Uh... Uh, I know right now we're making a Viognier, Albarino. Um, we like to play with, because we can't grow it, we make it all. Uh, so oh, we great. make everything. It's really fun. We, I think about 30 different wines at any given time on our tasting list. So it's just, it's just fun. We get yeah. to make everything we want. Absolutely. And you guys have full creative control over what you make and what you produce. We yeah. do. And we, everything, we don't buy any bulk wine, everything we 
have is made here in Lincolnville in this building is where we right. make all of our wines. Right. That's fantastic. And so where do you source your barrels? Uh, well, out of California. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, through a company. That, yeah. So there, there's French oak, <laughs> uh, American oak. Uh, I think we uh, recently got barrels from Transylvania. So, so wow. from all over, but the, the company is- The is company's in, based in California. Yeah. And then- oh, yeah. Uh, so are you working with any local wineries? Um, just, you know, has, I, I find that people in the beer business, I've been in Portland since 1993. Two, actually, I moved here, I voted. And uh, so it was 1992, but the, I kind of grew up in the beer, brew community, even though I've never really worked in beer. Uh, but I know a lot of the people who started a, the original breweries. And uh, David Geary, God rest his heart, we just went to his funeral a couple of months ago, but it was nice to see a, an old group of people in a, in a big room, you know. Um, but um, everybody seemed to work together back in the days and always did, you know, when Gritties didn't have a bottling facility, Shipyard bottled their stuff. So is, is there that sort of community up there? Because you have this microclimate there. So there's a lot of wineries all in this one area of central Maine. Um, yeah. yeah, like Brian actually from Oyster River used to work with us here um, back in the early days when he was first starting up his vineyard and winery. He was helping plant our vineyard and, right. you know, we were all working together and, you know, a lot of um, newer wineries will come to us for for um, guidance and, you know, we, we, we sell barrels to a lot of the local cideries and, um, right. you know, we work with a lot of the cideries. It, it, there's a lot of, of, of uh, community support here. That's fantastic. <laughs> and, and so what is that? Talk to me about the microclimate and where you are and how it works so well, because there, there seems to, we have wineries down here. I mean, Steve Malczewski's growing Frontenac in his back garden, and then he grows white grapes in Yarmouth. And he's, you know, clever enough to know what will work and where it would work well. But outside of Steve, who I think is the most Southern person here, you guys tend to grow more grapes up there. And so tell me how, how that climate is so special. Yeah, so we have this nice microclimate that's, uh, it's coastal, but we're between, we're in a valley between two mountains. So we're, we right. sit between Love and Cellar and Cameron Mountain. And I don't know if you're familiar with the big, um, the, the big uh, frost in May this year that wiped out a lot of the vineyards on the East Coast. We had just started bud break when that happened. So wow. we somehow survived it yeah, completely. It like, yeah, it didn't really affect us. Uh... Which, which, yeah. And there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, is there any, because I have a friend who grows grapes in Ireland. I know this is really crazy. This guy, David Llewellyn. And, in, you know, Ireland is, you know, he's the only one growing grapes there, as far as I know. And he actually puts these things. They're like big plastic bags. He puts them over the grapes and they're like, in, they're encapsulated. So they protect it against wind and hail and everything, you know. He's keeping them nice and safe. So is there anything you can do to prevent the frost? There's really not a whole lot you can do, is there? Yeah, the cool thing what we have is, um, you know, we work with hybrids and our right. hybrids are very cold resistant. So like the big deep freeze back in January, we actually did quite well with that right? Um, because our grape varieties can get down to negative 35 mm -hmm. degrees. Um, that problem is when, when you hit bud break, um, the, I think the reason we survived is we weren't so far into bud break. You know, a lot of the wineries had two to three inch shoots by the time sure. we had a big thaw in April. Right. And we had just, so we, we did um, our pruning. We basically left four big long canes and then, and we kind of delayed bud break by waiting to clip those down. Right. Um, if that makes sense. Um, and it, when we had that big freeze in January, we were a little nervous. So we delayed our, our, um, our, our final cuts. 
to delay that bud break. And and whether that worked seems to have worked because we were by a few weeks in our bud break, which I think saved us. Um, You know, there are things people did do. I was watching all over Instagram during that freeze. We had, you know, people out there with buckets of fire and just, you know, or in France where they had, they put the, um, the barrels, they set the barrels on fire in the middle of the vineyard. Um, And so I've noticed from the pictures. So what are the things that are covering the grapes? Um, is it like a canopy or nets? Yeah, the birds. Yeah, the okay, so yeah. the nets to keep the birds. Yeah, we're like um, completely surrounded by forests. So like, you know, raccoons, turkeys, uh, all, all the birds. Woodpeckers. <laughs> Everybody hungry. Really important for us because you know a lot of vineyards like out west are are in these big agricultural areas. Um, we're surrounded by forest, deep right. forest here in Lincolnville and, yeah. and three sides of us within probably what, 20 feet of the vines, you've got forest. So the critters, everything out there, bear, coyotes, uh, deer, yeah. everything. And they will just, as soon as you turn your back, they'll creep in okay. and, and, and eat everything. So sure. <laughs> are you, are you growing anything organically or is that an, op- is that a possibility for you or? We kind of, we stick to sustainable and responsible growing. Um, you know, we try not to intervene if necessary, we use mechanical and hand methods whenever possible, sanitation, absolutely. Yeah, no, so, no, no herbicides. No herbicides. Though the guy who sells us the biofungicides basically told us if you try to do more than 60%, you're probably going to lose your crop if you try to go fully organic. It's just, we're a very wet, humid climate. Um, right. And, and it's... Difficult here. Yeah, I think there's years that we could we can pull it off, but like like this year where it was like so wet in June and July, we I yeah it was a it was a tough growing growing yeah for sure sure yeah. sure sure yeah and so I mean that's always what we focus on is or you know responsibly produce wine. But the reason why I say that is because some of the French winemakers I met in Champagne are um, putting cherry trees on their their land, and that actually um, prohibit it, it, the birds actually eat the cherries instead of the grapes. So uh, all of those things, and then you know, bees. Because bees aren't pollinators, but they, you know, they create biodiversity in the vineyards. So you know, all those things are always helpful. Yeah, we have a lot of this. Was a working farm. Um, it was a two hundred year old farm, and so we have uh, cherry trees and pear trees and apple trees and wild plum trees Fantastic. and fields yeah. of flowers. And we have a raspberry patch. A big right raspberry there. patch. So it's <laughs> it's really cool. We have a nice diverse um, property here, which has been really awesome. Fantastic. And so do you guys get to travel at all? Before we had kids, yes. <laughs> How old are your kids? Six and nine. Though oh, we okay. went to the Grand Canyon last year and they oh, did good. well with the flight. And that was a nine hour flight. So I think yeah. we're we're getting to travel time again. So but we've yeah. been to, you know, we went to France, you know, Bordeaux and, yeah. and Champagne and I take my kids with me everywhere. I took them I had to go on a business meeting and uh, Italy and I took them with me. I was like, okay, I can't come without my kids, and they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> but you know, the last time when I was in Sicily, I brought Luca, and he was helping with the harvest. He wasn't very happy about it, but he did. <laughs> but, How old are your kids? Yeah. Uh, well, I have a ten-year-old, but I have a twenty-two-year-old as well. So they oh, both okay. Yeah. And the the oldest, uh, his father lives in Dublin. So Caitlin was born in Dublin, and the youngest dad is Irish too, but he lives here. They're my two Irish babies. So we spent a lot of time in Ireland. I owned a house there for a while. And that's where I did all my uh, original wine uh, experience and my wine education started there. And then, so all my WSET stuff came, I came from there. So 
Um, but yeah, no, it sounds really like an amazing space. I really, I would actually love to get up there and I will at some stage, maybe next spring. Uh, you know, maybe we could do something where we could do some filming, you know, it would be lots of fun. Yeah, are you guys doing any events at the winery? Finally, um, things are finally starting to open up with the events. Um, I think this year was the first year she, uh, the owner really was able to like, we started doing, um, we had a chef all oh, summer doing tacos nice. in the kitchen and uh, food and wine pairings again and Good. live music in the vineyard and winemaker okay. dinners again. That's so great. none of the big events yet, but um, but definitely we're starting to get back into those fun fun sure. events get yeah. everyone out yeah do you guys have a sales force working for you or do you or who's selling your wine it's is it self-distributing we did up until 20 the end of 2019 and, and 2020 uh we signed on a couple distributors so we work with um national and maine, uh, it's regional in maine so yep. um national takes over a certain section and, and maine distributors take and then we self-distribute some as well so we're in restaurants and wine shops and are you selling outside of maine not outside of Maine, okay. no. But um, on uh, on our website, you can purchase and we can ship to most states right. now. Just like any other winery, any yeah. other states that can receive it. Oh, that's good. And, you know, it, another good idea is to, uh, to maybe do some virtual events, too, with you guys. Because, you know, that's always okay. fun. And that you could always drive sales, too. Nice. Yeah. You know, you'd be surprised. I actually, I'll connect you guys with some people that I know in California. But you'd be surprised at how many people... Um, you know, go out of their way to do wine events and stuff. And I, I have to tell you, there's a guy named Eric Orange and he owns this company called Local Wine Events. And Eric is just somebody I've known for a long time. When I worked at Grace, I ran the wine club there. And I started with like four bottles of wine for $10, I think. I think it was $5 in the beginning. And then I raised it to 10. And people would come and I'd have cheese and crackers and wine tastings. And it would be like four Pinot Noirs from around the world, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we started that... Um, and when I started, I had like maybe 20 people showed up and they were all my friends. And at the end, I had like 100 people coming religiously every month. Um, and and so how this grew remarkably, because I would ask people, how did you find out about this? Because that's how you figure out where your marketing is, right? And they're like, oh, you had it on local wine events and we subscribed to that. So I was like, oh, it's always a good thing to add. Because you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't think that people from Freeport would drive all the way to Portland for a wine event, but it happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm all about marketing anyway. Absolutely. So, um, any plans for the future? Any plans for next year? Like wine plans, or yeah, like you're gonna, you know, gonna make anything special? Is there anything that you, in particular that you want to make that you have made? Well, so we we've um we've been harvesting the apples from our property nice. uh, recently, and doing a rather than a cider, we take the cider that we make and put it in bottle for a second fermentation for a sparkling mm -hmm. apple. Oh, I like that. That sounds good. Um, so we're disgorging that. We, our first batch um, is only about 30 cases, but we just doubled that this year. So it's. Oh, it's oh how exciting is that? Um, so we're going to pop the yeast out of these um, this winter and we'll release it um, in the spring or summer. It, but again, this batch is only um, about 30 cases, but the one we're doing right. that we just harvested is, I don't know, like. Right. And, and what's the ABV? Um, I, ooh, we have, have we tested, yeah, it was between seven and eight, right? Or, say, yes. 0. 0.9 or, or eight, but it's somewhere between seven and eight. Yes. Very oh, well. nice. That's fantastic. And anything with the pears or and not enough? Usually well, it's a... that batch is actually about 24% pears. Um, nice. we got more, but this year, I think we lost all the buds in the freeze because we didn't get a single pear this year. Um, all, but our apple trees were loaded this year. Oh, that's good. 
So I don't know if just the apples could handle it and the pears couldn't, but yeah. hopefully next year we get some more pears. <laughs> right. I love it. Well, I can't wait to come and visit you guys. So yeah. I asked you all this, everybody might, this question, but I'm going to ask you guys, I guess I'll ask you collectively and individually if you want, but um, what do you love? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the smell of fermentation in the morning. There I don't you go. That's that a great is. answer. <laughs> Uh, I suppose I love my wife. Oh, that's a better answer. <laughs> and I suppose you both love winemaking. Yeah, absolutely. True. Okay, very good. And so if people want to buy your wine, where would they find it? So you can go mainwine.com is our website. Which is a great uh, URL, by the way. Tasting Room in Portland. And then you can find all the places that carry our wines right on our website, mainwine.com, wine shops, restaurants. Um, Hannaford carries it and most of the Hannafords. So yep. you can- I've seen them at Hannaford. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then they can find you what one more time. What's your uh, Instagram URL? Uh, we are winos and connoisseurs and our winery has uh, Instagram as well. Has an Instagram. Okay, fantastic. And so I ask everyone this, um, what is your song for today? Yeah, so uh, in college, I was an English major in my first degree and uh, I used to be a drummer in a rock band. So I'm going to go uh, Moby Dick by Led Zeppelin. Oh, very good. Well, okay. here's your song. Thank you both so much for coming. It was lovely meeting you both. Thank yeah, you thank for you. having us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Okay. All the best. Bye. Bye. John Henry Bonham, Moby Dick.
will indeed. Hang on. <laughs>